This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Minotaur, Joe Cage. To be more like Joe, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content and grow the show today. His back is strong, his beard is thick, wonders what makes people tick, Joe Marler and his show. Joe Marla, here we go. Touch my phone again like that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marla and this is Tom Fordyce. Joe, you're wearing a T-shirt today that I haven't seen before. It is a large white T-shirt with the word dinosaur <laughs> fat. Just let... The dinosaurs I can see in your T-shirt. Tyrannosaurus, Pterodon, Ankylosaurus, which is the one with a big club for a tail... Velociraptor, clearly. Triceratops, three horns. I like that one. Parasaurolophilus. And then we've got a little Celiophysis, the little tiddler. We've got Mm. Stegosaurus Mm -hmm. and Allosaurus, which looks like, to be honest, a small T-Rex. And of course, we finish with a Brachiosaurus, which is a bigger version of a Diplodocus. Mm -hmm. Favourite dinosaur? Either on your T-shirt, Joe, or outside that? Uh... This is, all right, two parts to this question. Your favourite dinosaur, full stop or your favourite dinosaur that you would be? Okay, the raptor, the velociraptor is my favourite dinosaur, only because my knowledge of them are purely based on the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World films, and it tells me that they're the most intelligent of dinosaurs, so they're fantastic, do you know what I mean? I think I could engage well with them. If I was going to be a dinosaur, I'd probably be, I guess it would probably be a stegosaurus. Yeah. Like... No, if I was going to be a dinosaur, I'm obviously going to be a Triceratops because the horn looks like a massive nose. <laughs> and I've got a massive nose. It's got a bit of a... It's either that or Stegosaurus because the Stegosaurus is is hunchbacked and I'm a bit hunchbacked, aren't I? You're a bit spiky at times, aren't you? But then the Triceratops got this massive nose and I've got a big old nose and that I represent that. And there's not really a big fat dinosaur. Have you ever seen a fat dinosaur? I imagine the fat dinosaurs got killed by the other dinosaurs. Eaten. Why? It was a dinosaur eat dinosaur world, unless you were Brachiosaurus, in which case you were a Go on. Vegetarian. A carbonara. What is it? Carnival. Carnival? 
The strange thing about the depiction of the dinosaurs on your T-shirt, Joe, they're mainly sort of camouflage colours, aren't they? They're greens, dark greens, olives, some browns. Mm -hmm. Apparently we've got absolutely no fucking idea what the colour of the skin of a dinosaur was because no skin remains. It's just the bones, isn't it? What? I've got no idea. They could have been pink. Could have been green. We've no idea. Well, we have some idea. Why? Because of the sun. Mm -hmm. like, you can't get a pink dinosaur because the sun would have burnt it. Why? What well, the skin was really thick? The pigment in, like, bright pink. You're pink. I'm not bright pink. Are you talking, like, fluorescent pink? <laughs> Imagine a fluorescent pink dinosaur. How, how, how would they hide? How many green creatures do you know? Cow's green? No. A lion's green? Uh, iguana. Yeah, that's a, quite a good answer. A bearded dragon. <laughs> a newt. So the reason we go with these colours for dinosaurs is because we still have relatives living in this day and age, Tom. So we go back, we use the science, we go, oh, that looks like a mini raptor, but it's not, it's a newt. So they go, what colour's a newt? Oh, it's brown. Sorry, every time you say you say a newt, I'm expecting <laughs> to say a newt. <laughs> This is fucking ridiculous. If you were a dinosaur, you'd be that one that um, at the end or in the Jurassic Park one, he ends up squirting his ink on the bloke's face, but he's... A big geezer. Yeah, he... A Dilophosaurus. You'd be that Dilophosaurus, mate, that the one that, like, squirts his ink, but also, like, goes... Yeah, really scary bit. And then just... fan behind my and head. And just, yeah, fan, like... And then I'm inking you... Ink in your face, mate. Like, I'm, I want to do that. I want to ink your face right now with my <laughs> fluid. Joe, that's fine. You know, everything is is fair between us. But before you do that, I'd like to read the following subscription mention because, Joe, if people would like to support the show, they can, of course, subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. For just a pound a week, you can get bonus content. You can get ad-free longer episodes. And at the very same time... You'll be growing the show. You can also listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. Joe, we have new merch on sale. If you would like to buy a... Grave show. ...hoodie or a JMS snapback, what do people have to do, Joe? Well, they can click the link in the episode description if they want a hoodie, a snapback, or we've still got bobble hats left. And I know it's coming into the summer and that, but you still need bobble hats if you've not got any other clothes on. Joe, we've got a guest. It is a man who runs... A secret celebrity social media business. Let's get him on then. Our guest today is a social media expert and his name is Adam. Welcome, Adam. Thank you for having me. Adam, it's lovely to have you on the show. Joe had a slightly longer introduction, which he was stumbling with, so mm. I may complete it for him. Um, Adam, you have been social media manager for various celebrities, including but not limited to... Joe, when I do this name with like a brief impression, Emma Watson. Wingardium Leviosa. Lethal Bizzle. All right, mate. <laughs> Robbie Williams. <laughs> I'm loving angels instead. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamo. Hello. Hello. I'm, I do magic. <laughs> the Royal Family. Take your pick. Not that one, though, please. What, like Jim? Like the royal family. You choose. Not the not the program one. Real actual. Uh, one does one doth one doth not understand the old language. <laughs> Shakespearean royal family, yeah. <laughs> um, and Tony Blair. Hello. Look at my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't really know how he talks. Even though he was my prime minister when I was growing up. It's quite an eclectic mix, that Adam. It is. 
Yeah. Right, so what not we describe as a social media manager? What is that? So I think the, the first thing to maybe unpick is, I think, how you first sort of described me as like a social media expert. Oh, yes. So... That's actually impossible. And oh. I would like to give a word of warning to the listeners and yourselves whenever you come across someone who says they're a social media expert. Because working in the field of social media, if we look at it in its entirety, is so fucking complex. You've got to be a creative. You've got to be able to use Photoshop. You've got to be able to edit videos. You've got to write copy. You've got to understand different audiences. You've got to understand how Facebook is different to TikTok. What's Snapchat doing? What's Pinterest doing? Is Pinterest even important for me? You've then got to have a strategy that works for all of those. You've then got to work out how all of this comes together. You've got to manage everything. How can one person understand all of that? To me, Adam, it sounds like you you are the one. The way in which you just described all that, it sounds like you know your fucking onions from your tomatoes. I mean, most yeah. people know the difference between an onion I and a tomato. I think that's quite easy to work out. But all right, you come up with a better <laughs> slag, uh, slogan, please. But, but why, why I want to mention... This is, I'm not a social media expert by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a professional that's worked in social media. Okay. That is an expert predominantly in strategy. So, right, maybe a better opening question from us, Adam, would be why don't people do their own social media if social media is meant to be their own true selves? So there's a couple of reasons for that. The reason, or the, the, the main reason would be that most people don't actually understand how to do social media well. So there are some people that are very, very good at social media. You could look at, or you could name some celebrities or some brands that you think themselves are good at it. Jamala. <laughs> no, who, who is good? Who's, who's like top uh, social media um, people that are good at it? So, is it just the most followed people? or Of, of course not, because Ronaldo is the most followed, isn't he? But is he actually good at social media? When no, you, he's like vanilla, isn't he? When you look at Ronaldo's content, it's, you know, some of it's very, very good, but half of it is just really selling stuff. So he's just turned himself really into like broadcast media that has a value attached to the level of how many people he can reach. How many followers does he have? Uh, I think on Instagram he's got like 400 million. 400 million? Yeah. I saw something the other day where Ronaldo is, has more followers than predominantly like the 20 biggest football clubs in the world on Instagram. Yeah. So, I always thought that so in terms of answering the question of like who's good or who's the best, yeah. well, it depends on what you want to achieve. Right. If Ronaldo has sat down with his team and gone, right, my social media is all about maximising commerce, well then, fucking hell, you can't get much better than that, can you? But if you sat down with a team and gone, I want a social media that connects me to my audience better than anybody else, well then he's been not doing that very well. Right, who are the legends then? Who'd do it right? The legends, I, I would say, from a, from a social media point of view, if you're going to be really, really honest at it, is obviously the Kardashians. Yeah, that does make me feel a little bit... Do you follow them, Joe? No, funnily enough, Tom, I don't. I don't know, I've got this thing about them. I used to watch them all the time on their TV programme, yeah. with my wife, of course, yeah. um, because she wanted to watch them. But You just sat next to her? Well, I, you know, yeah. I wasn't going to sit in the other room, no. you know, being sociable. But I was always like, mm, have they? What am, I, what am I doing? They've not really got any sort of skill or talent. But then I'd find myself going, well, that's really quite harsh, because they have got skill and talent, because they've created this whole empire on the back of understanding social media and the way they can push them their products out there. So they have got skill and talent, but I find it hard to then... Most, most people that have achieved, I think, huge success on social media through the influencer spectrum, not to discredit them, but predominantly out of luck to some degree. Is it? Well, of course. I don't think many people 
will sit down and go, right, okay, I'm going to plot out my next 10 years and I'm going to start posting this particular type of content, which will get me to X. Then I'm going to get a TV show. Then that TV show is going to get me to Y. Then I'm going to make a makeup range and then that will do what? No, no one's ever really done that because but the platforms are so new. Social media is so new that how could you have 10 years ago gone, right, okay, I know where I'm going to make most of my money through selling makeup on TikTok. You didn't know TikTok existed and you didn't even really know that influencers would be able to actually sell product in a successful way. But now that people have started to understand that yeah. more, are people going to start sitting down and plotting out the next five years on how they can become an influencer? Because everyone seems to want the generation, the kids actually see a job of as influencers being a real profession to follow. Sure. Yeah. So they're now going to start plotting out like, oh, in five years time, I want to have a million followers yeah. on this social media account and then I know X, Y, Z companies are going to come to me and I'll be able to push them. Yeah. How does that make you feel, Tom? Like, as a legit opportunity? I find it so strange, Adam. I find the whole influencer thing so weird that, you're right, it's an actual job now, but I can't really get my head around it being a job and part of that is me being a bit sniffy, as if like there's something wrong with it from a moral perspective. But why? Why, why would there be something no wrong different with to someone running a shop, is it? I'm just realising. There's no, there's, no there's no different for somebody being a pop star in the 90s, having one hit, but also looking attractive, and then going off to sell that image on magazines or in other ways. Shit. Selling brands. There's, no, there's no, no different. Media doesn't necessarily change, and the human psyche of how we consume doesn't necessarily change. It's just the platforms and technology. So when I started out in 2009, I had absolutely no fuck, literally no idea what social media was. Neither did anybody else. So I didn't sit there and go, oh, I know what my 10-year plan is. I'm going to become a CEO of an agency and I'm going to do work with all these incredible celebrities and work with all these brands and have all these incredible times. It was very much just like, okay, this thing is like a communication tool. Therefore, it's going to get used. Let's just see what happens. And I think if I'm being honest, I was very lucky being in the right place at the right time, but also had the right tenacity to grab that luck and go, okay, if I ride this wave and actually try to understand it and work out it can be broken down for people to answer your first question, why don't people do it themselves? But I can be that person that they can go to. If I can be that sort of, I don't know, consultant or I tend to call myself quite often like a therapist, like a social media therapist to be able to pull out what are you trying to achieve what are your issues? What are your problems? And how can I work with you to actually solve that in the social media sphere? Outside of that, I can't help you. Let's imagine then, Adam, that yes. uh, rugby star Joe Marler comes to you and he'd like you to run his social media accounts. Joe, you're currently on which social medias? Twitter, Instagram. That's it, is it? TikTok. TikTok. You're on those three? Yeah. How does this work, Adam? So yeah. he said he wants you to look after his accounts. What do you do? So are we talking about you as an individual or are we talking about the show? Me as an individual. You as an individual. Yeah. Okay, so the first question I'd ask you is, why do you want to be on social media? Um, you got to answer this honestly as well. Because if you don't answer it honestly... It won't work. It won't work. And, and also, I'll be able to tell quite quickly from working with you whether or not in the first meeting you've just chatted shit. It, cha it has changed. Mm -hmm. I joined social media because you had to like it was the thing everyone was doing it so I felt like I've got to get up there so that I don't miss out on the conversations like oh have you seen this on Twitter have you seen that there and then the older I've got the more I've realised it's uh, and the lessons I've learnt with being burnt rightfully or wrongfully at times by the general media that mm -hmm. you have no control of it's a great way of actually controlling your own narrative and connecting with your own fans and, and people without having to go through a middle middleman of it, do you know what I mean? So I can connect with people that like 
listening to the show or like me as a rugby player by showing them who I actually am rather than what someone writes you as. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I see it as a really genuine way of being able to connect with fans. And also, it's just a bit of fun. Cool. So, to try and distill that into a, a simple answer, if you don't oh, mind. Oh, fuck you. I don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the reason why you're on social media is, one, you felt like you had to. Yeah. But then you realised that actually, the importance of this for me is to be able to have a genuine conversation with people that want to hear from me. Mm. So, to try and make this also relevant to listeners, rather than this being like a therapy session just, just for you. Yeah. Pretty much everyone I sit down with and speak to wants one of the following three things or a mixture of all of the three so the first is awareness you've basically just said that joe i want more people to be able to see what i'm up to well i'm a narcissist but everyone everybody is oh interesting really on social media okay. you can't if you want to be successful on social media you have to by default want everyone to see what you're doing okay otherwise you wouldn't be successful on social media yep now the second is attention so you can think about that also as like engagements mm. so it's all well and good everyone knowing what you're doing but if no one gives a fuck if no one likes, comments, shares, saves, what's the point? And then the third is some sort of action. If you're a brand that sells something, then you'd want to sell more product. You'd want the awareness to be able to showcase that you exist. You'd want that sort of level of engagement to show that there's interest. And then you want the action to equal commerce to some degree. Action doesn't always have to be monetary. It could be traffic. It could be something else. But predominantly, there's an action to take someone away from what they're seeing to benefit you. So those, those three things, no matter who you sit with, whether it's Joe Marler, whether it's Coca-Cola or the local plumber, they're all going to want those three things. For the local plumber, I want more awareness in the vicinity that I work in. I want people to agree with what I'm saying. My approach to business is better than the other local plumber. And then I want you to pick up the phone and call me. No different to you with what you've just said. I want people to see what I'm doing on the show. I want people to like the show, comment on the show, to grow the show. And then the action is I want you to actually come and do something that benefits me more which would be buy a ticket buy some merch so if that's why people want to do it yeah. how do people then come to you adam how do they because your client list is pretty impressive mm. so how have you met these people so how i've been found should we say is all through word of mouth so my first notable client when i realized that i was like oh shit my mum will know who this is was fat boy slim oh yeah fat boy slim was the first person and then once you get one big dj you then get another one and then you get four, and then you get eight. Before I knew it, within sort of like a year, I was sitting there with this social media agency, predominantly in the music industry, with around about probably 50 music acts. It's quite a because lot to deal with. at that time, when this was happening, so this is between when I first started 2009 to about 2011, social media was so new, no one had any idea how to use it. So as soon as you walked in the room and said, oh... I'm a social media professional. My clients are Fatboy Slim, Eric Prids, etc., etc. They'd be like, yeah, sure, where do I sign? So you've got all your music clients. Yeah. Then how do you jump out of music into other worlds? <laughs> so whilst we were doing music client, one of the first brand clients we got was Dorothy Perkins. Right. So I spent probably a year every Saturday going into different Dorothy Perkins shops and browsing looking at stuff and obviously the people would walk up to me like do you need any help there sir no no i'm just looking after an hour they'd be like do you, are you sure no no i'm i'm purely just looking and all i was doing was i was in the shops stalking customers that were walking in because i wanted to uh, you know and, and no point you were arrested no no this was all legit but you weren't like yeah. creeping people out no right okay i don't think i was maybe i was okay yeah maybe some people will write in and be like oh my god i, I mean looking weird. around dorothy perkins for an hour yeah. is and not buying anything i'm de that's red flag fucking central <laughs> for me 
I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is this bloke doing? What sections were you browsing? I was browsing the whole shop. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. To be successful in social media, the first thing you must do is understand your audience. If you don't understand who you're talking to, then how can you do anything that's going to add any value? So I felt like I had to spend a lot of time in the shop to understand the different customers, what they looked like, what they purchased, how long they stayed in the shop for, what their sort of general vibe was as they walked in, head down on the phone, head up, excited, not excited, to be able to try and build what I would see as the perfect Dorothy Perkins customer to then take that into social media and go, this is how we talk, this is what we say, this is what we don't say. So when you work in social media, you have to do a hell of a lot of research and you have to almost become that particular brand or person. So similar with the celebrities, you'd have to adopt their tone of voice. So when we're working with celebrities you mentioned earlier, we would write their copy. Hence why the company that I'm CEO of is called Ghost. Yeah. I like it. I guess it's so important that you guys dealing with the different accounts do sort of adopt those languages, the mannerisms and stuff when you're putting stuff out because otherwise it's clear as day that it's not the actual person tweeting it or putting the stuff on Instagram and it, it needs to be authentic for people to actually be like, oh, this is them. But now that you're revealing it is, it's like, oh, it's quite easy to copy if someone. If it's your job, ah. if it's your profession mm. and you're good at it, then then yes, it should be. I think there is, I don't know if you're familiar with Victor Anichabi, Joan. <laughs> yeah. Victor Anichabi. <laughs> I remember this. I remember this. Played up front for Everton and uh, Sunderland, famously tweeted, um, I think this was about seven or eight years ago. Can you tweet something like, Cap, cap, cap. Unbelievable support yesterday and great effort by the lads. Hard result to take, but we go again. <laughs> what do you mean? I'll show you because I've got a copy of his tweet here on my phone. I'll show it to you. What I find... So it was a misunderstanding, Joe, shall we say. <laughs> so, he so he sent that? To all his followers on Twitter. But he Sunderland meant to send it to... Or no, have they sent it to him? No, no, What's... I imagine he's misunderstood Twitter, Adam, to such an extent that he thinks he's private messaging whoever is running his social media accounts, but has instead, Joe, broadcast to everyone his total lack of sincerity <laughs> at another cal calamitous defeat for Sunderland. Do you know, here's a, we can play a little game here. What do you reckon the average time someone spends on social media a day is? How long do you think they spend roughly on, on social media? Across all social media Across accounts. Across all social media accounts this a day. Is time looking at it on their phone? Probably their phone. Yeah. Well, like, you, you look at it... Is WhatsApp social media? WhatsApp would be included in that as well. Right. Yes. Oh, OK, so yes. that ups it a bit Big more. Time. People on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, three, three hours. Three hours is quite punchy. But the fact you have asked this question, Adam, mm. in a slightly leading way makes mm. me think it's a much higher number. So I would have said an hour 20. I'm now going to say two hours, three and a half minutes. The answer is 144 minutes, so, yeah. What? Two and a half hours? Yeah. Tom, could you get your phone out, yeah. please? It's longer. If you want to if you want to put it in, in perspective, it's longer than watching The Matrix film. Every day? Every day. Yeah, I get the comparison, but I also don't because that's just like the running of the film, whereas that five minutes I'm looking at that bit that's different and then in an hour's time when I look at that for ten minutes that's a different thing altogether I'm getting a different hit of endorphins or dopamine yeah. or whatever and then it's a different thing so I might actually try and watch The Matrix throughout a day <laughs> I might start try. just to see what try. it's like it's a massive problem isn't it yeah, but what are we doing about it doing more of it exactly if you were to take a shot of vodka every single time are we still watching The Matrix at this point no 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 okay. we stopped watching The Matrix okay so, if you were to take a shot of vodka every single time you'd go on social media throughout the day, 
At what point do you reckon you would be on the floor and not able to move anymore? Before breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd have done a bottle whilst shitting. <laughs> exactly. Having my morning shit, I'd have done a bottle of vodka. It's quite, it's quite a bleak image, that. Just when you having a shit, just drinking a bottle of vodka. <laughs> What's wrong with? I find myself caught in between because I go, "What are we doing about this social media? It's fucking crazy." Our, our kids, the next generation, yeah. it's going to be mental. They're just all glued to their phones. But I encourage people to go on it more by going through the channels. And you run a company that manages people's social media accounts to yeah. encourage people to look at their social media accounts. So. Yes. We're part of the problem, aren't we? Of course. But humanity and the world is generally flawed, isn't it? Without getting into another topic. But I think what's important is to see if you can understand your own habits and if those habits are becoming a problem. So if you're seeing one of your friends that can't have a meal with you, literally can't have a meal with you without getting the phone out and going on Instagram, then it's maybe like, hey, why don't we do this? Phone's in the middle. First person to touch it pays for the bill. Oh. So there's things like this that you can try and do to encourage people that you're with to be more present in the moment rather than being so focused on social. Why do you think social media is so addictive? Why? Well, and how have they how have they made it so addictive? I was hoping you could answer this question. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's this, what's that one on Netflix? Um... Social, dilemma. the social dilemma, yeah. where like all the previous employees of Instagram, Facebook, all this lot that have come out and gone, oh, I'd, I'd never let my kids do any of this shit. It's horrific. Like they can't have any of the social medias. I know how addictive it is. Mm. How did they make it so addictive? So you mentioned the word there begins with A, the big one that everyone talks about when it comes to social media. Addictive, addicted, uh, anal. Um, <laughs> trying to think of words that I say begin with A. Mm. Algorithm. Fucking knew it. The magic word. Right, the algorithm. So what ev- the fuck everyone, is algorithm? Exactly. So everyone always talks about, oh, the algorithm, I need to beat the algorithm of social media. Like, I'm, you know, I'm hacking the algorithm. So do you want me to explain the algorithm? I want the algorithm. I don't even know what an algorithm is. So when you open your phone, and we'll just use Instagram for now just to keep it simple. When you open your phone, you go on Instagram, you see a different set of content to what Joe would see to what I would see, to what the listener would see. But if we were to open up a newspaper, we all see the same thing. Yes. So traditional media has no algorithm. Social media has an algorithm, which therefore makes it far more addictive to you than the newspaper. Remember that everyone sees content differently. So that's the first thing to understand when we're explaining the algorithm. And then the second thing to remember is what do all of these companies that run social platforms, whether it be Google with YouTube, Meta with Facebook, they want people to spend more time on their service than anywhere else. So attention is the key metric. So first thing to think about is content. So we make content, we throw this content into the particular system, Instagram, for now. That content then gets a level of engagement, right? So if you post one thing and Tom likes it, you've basically got one person seeing it, one person then also actually engaging with it. That engagement would create a sort of reaction score. So the more people that engage, the higher that reaction score would be. It's good in the eyes of the platform. So it doesn't mean it's good content in terms of this is nice content, this is helpful for everybody. It's good in the eyes of the platform, which means attention. So if Joe has said something offensive and I've found it offensive and I've engaged with it by replying to him or forwarding it as an example of offensive content, the algorithm goes, loving this. Loving this. So we've got content times engagement equals reaction and it's that reaction score that they're after. So what the platforms do is they have built this incredible 
AI. You had someone on previously talk yeah, about AI. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they built this incredible AI system to be able to filter and crunch all of that and go, okay, we think this piece of content needs to be seen by more people. So it gives it a root motion score. So think if you've got this piece of content and it's got multiple routes to go down. One of the routes could be death, which means it just doesn't go anywhere. So if you think about what would die, something that's not getting much engagement, getting much traffic, getting much tension. The algorithm will look at it through the AI and go, dead. But then there's other parts of that where it look at it and go, right, this needs to be seen by way more people. And it will start to siphon off which people need to see that. Ah, we've seen that Tom really engages every single time he sees news about Man United. And this piece of content is slagging off Man United. Let's give it to Tom. So now Tom sees Man United being slagged off and he's like, I'm not having any of this. So then he jumps in on that piece of content and makes it worse and makes it worse or makes that piece of content go even further and then you see what Tom's done and go mate why are you getting so heated up about Man United like why do you even care so then you've jumped in on what he've said so then that root motion score will then basically decide how popular that content gets so the example you've given there with Manchester United feels yeah. quite safe I guess the danger is if you have let's say you've got a 15 year old and they have worries about eating disorders, mm -hmm. and they happen to find content with eating disorders, they may well find the algorithm pumping them with loads of stuff that Correct. encourages them that's to what, develop. That's exactly what it will do. So is this not a terrifying development for humankind, then, that a 15-year-old who's in a vulnerable position could be encouraged by an algorithm to develop an eating disorder? Of course. The same way is used for fashion to be changed, the same way that an opinion can be changed, the same way that good can also come from it. It's all the same. Like the, again, the algorithm doesn't care about good or bad. It just cares about attention. Which is, of the, the mainstream social media platforms, which has the most, I don't want to say the best algorithm, which has the most effective, do you think? So right, right now, the best platform from an algorithm point of view would be TikTok. It's, it's ridiculous. Which is obvious. I think you can you can probably feel that yourself by being on TikTok. It's, uh, it's so addictive. I, it's, I can't get my head around it. Joe, should we have an advert break and then let's do a TikTok section? Yeah, you're right. I've got to get my phone. So we'll have some ads and then we could do the whole TikTok thing after these ads that haven't been purposely put in your ear because of we've been listening to what you're listening to. Doesn't even make sense. Here's the fucking ads. <laughs> Drink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Right, Adam, TikTok. Mm. It passed me by initially when TikTok came out. I was like, TikTok? I don't understand what TikTok is. I'm too old for it. And then it was sort of pushed more on me. They were like, this is the next wave of social media. You should really get on this bandwagon. And now I find myself just, I can get lost on TikTok, like down the rabbit holes more and more. It's, it is scary though, but like I've even got to the point now where I've had like part one, of a, like an account that does breaks down like a, mm -hmm. a film. Back to the Matrix stuff we spoke about earlier. So to do part one of this film that says, oh, girl who gets lost in the woods and then found here, part one. And it shows me a couple of 
clips of that film. And then I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I'll have to watch part two now. So then I'll click part two. And then I'll end up watching all seven parts because it just gets fed to me. And then I've basically watched that entire film that's usually 90 minutes long in the space of seven minutes. What the fucking fuck? How have TikTok like done this? Is it just me being such a weak-minded person that gets stuck on it? Or please tell me there's more people out there. There's definitely more people out there on the basis of just looking at the numbers that there's now well over a billion people using TikTok every month. How have they got the algorithm so much more addictive? I was going to say better than the others, but addictive. The big difference that TikTok did, incomparable to, say, the previous platforms, should we say, is that they used the whole real estate of the screen. So when you went onto Instagram, you would actually have a gap between the content. You'd literally have this image or video and then there'd be something underneath and you'd see some comments and you'd scroll up. So TikTok were like, "Mm, we don't really think that people really care about that part. We actually want them to consume the content in its entirety. And then from there, you're then drawn straight in. It's far more appealing that you'll see this massive screen, the whole thing's used up, and then it hits you. The difference is the way they've made content work on TikTok, where is it f- sort of feels far more raw and far more real, whereas Instagram feels far more polished and fake. Which one do you think is most dangerous? Because we're at a point now with TikTok, aren't we, where people are worried that because it's a Chinese-owned company that the Chinese stake will have access to users' information. And is it true TikTok's now being taken off if you're employed by the government in the US? You're not allowed TikTok on your phone, that sort of stuff. So which one are you most scared of, if that's not the wrong word to use? Yeah, I'm personally not scared of any of them, to be honest. You're odd. I think... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> are you on all of them? Which ones uh, are you not on? I don't actually use social media at all. What the fuck? Yeah. Why not? How can you sit there and talk? How can you, <laughs> How sit, can you there? sit there and yeah. talk about all these social medias and you're not even on it? Is that because you know how addictive uh, it is or so, you just it doesn't well, well, interest you? Well, my, my job is not to be good at social media. Oh. In my opinion, why is anyone going to follow Adam Biddle, the CEO of a social media company? Well, I, I, I would. I, I find you actually really interesting. Can you buy, can you still buy loads of followers? Remember there was you can, yeah, yeah. How the fuck can you buy followers, by the way? Because it's just bots. Asking for a friend. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> if you want a genuine social media audience, mm. buying followers, fake followers, mm. just to up your numbers from a provider point of view is the worst thing you can possibly do. So it looks, on the so surface of it, great. to begin with, it must look really good if you go to a brand and actually, I've got half a million followers yeah, and they go, brilliant, we're signing out, but... but then six months down the line, there's been a lack of engagement and because I've only got half that number as real followers and they that wasn't the projection that they got from yeah. what they think you get and they'd soon find out you're full of shit. Correct. In that case, Adam, mm. let's rewind it a little bit because I want to find out some more of the stuff that you've seen. So you must have been across a lot of DMs in your time. Yeah. Strangest slash weirdest slash scariest DMs that you've seen? The one that caught me quite off guard in terms of like, shit, what and how do I respond to this? And even how do I tell the talent that this has come in was, I was working with Dynamo, lovely guy, by the way. Magician. Magician, yeah. Yeah, yeah, incredible. And I was on Instagram, saw one of his DMs, and it was from Oscar Pistorius. Mm. The former Paralympian who is now in prison. Is he still in prison? Yes, he is. For for murdering his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. So it was at the time that that was actually happening, whether or not he was at trial. I can't quite remember the exact time. 
But he sent a message to Dynamo saying, hello, really sorry we can't film today. Obviously, things are a little bit on top at the moment. Hopefully, it all blows over and I'll see you soon. What? It might not be those exact words, but that's how I remember it. It was very much like a blasé point of just like, yeah, I'm in a bit of shit right now, but don't worry, we'll get it sorted and then we can film maybe next year. Two of the most random people you would ever put in the same <laughs> sentence. Well, Dynamo did Is that a... fair? Yes. <laughs> Dynamo, for his TV shows, did a lot of filming with celebrities. Right, yeah. So, and he would go to different countries. So he'd, he would have like an India special. He would have had a South Africa special. Ah. Uh, and when he's going to South Africa, he's looking at the top talent there yeah. to then film and get their reactions on that. What do you say? What How did you, you say? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you tell Dynamo? Yeah. And then we just said, I, I basically said, this has come through. Just let you know, we should not respond. What other ones have you... Tony Blair? Yeah. Like, how did that come about? So, again, this just came about from word of mouth. And if you are known for something in a circle of people, people are connected. And they'll be like, you need to go and speak to this person. You need to go and speak to that person. So, yeah, I ended up basically being the social media advisor and creator for, for Tony Blair for two years. Right, we need more on this. What does this involve? No different to, I guess, running the Joe Marler. Will you say that? <laughs> Instagram account. Have I Other... been... Am I Prime Minister material? Is that what we're saying here? Maybe one day, Joe. You have your dreams. I'm not here to crush them. Other than You often do, though, Tom. <laughs> Other than the fact that the meetings are, I guess, slightly more intense, should we say. Okay. The environment in which you do meet is obviously his office, which is quite an experience as well, where you have to hand your phone in. How um, are you meant to post on Twitter, then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony, you've really messed this up, mate. I'm going to keep walkie my phone. Walkie talkie. I'm going to keep behind. my phone here, thank you. You fuck this one. So you have to hand your your phone in, and then the most important thing from our side when working with someone at that level is the security of their account. Right. So making sure it is not hacked. Who has the access to it from our side, and all of those points far more important than it is for a, for a DJ. Not to say that it's not important for a DJ, but the ramifications of that are quite insane and comparable to a DJ getting hacked. Yeah, but just for a second, instead of it being beefy Botham that has yeah. put his knob out on social media, yeah. imagine Tony Blair's put his knob out on Instagram, and like it's actually quite an impressive knob, and how viral. I don't mean like his knobs move on virile how crazy that would be well, it'd be great for his like following wouldn't would it, it Cause, but, well yeah because everyone would be like fucking hell or we're talking about engagements it doesn't matter about good <laughs> or bad there's well over a million people that are going to be clicking like 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 on Tony Blair's knob and then they go, <laughs> and then that's that one just, of my favourite sentences you've ever come out then, with and then podcast. it's just grow 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 and Tony Blair's knob is just growing for fun <laughs> You know, I think this Exponentially. Is, there's something in this. What's interesting with people that at that level is they don't have access at all. Oh, hang on. So you have access, you like you would take complete control. Yeah. So it'd be us and one other person and that's it. So what you do is rather than having what might be the case, I imagine with yourself, where you've got several people that have access to your accounts to be able to post on your behalf. Um, me. Days? No. Although she does advise me on stuff sometimes. She says, no, don't do it. Yes. A lot of the time it is like, don't do that. But what about don't the, do so that. what about the Joe Marler show, for example? That might have more than just you. What's that, Arch? Archie. So put it, put it this way, the fact okay. that neither of you have any idea... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. ...who's got access to your yeah. particular account okay. is a problem. If Slightly looser wrong. than Tony Blair's yeah. setup. Yeah. Whereas if you have, okay, it's this particular person and it's this particular person, you know that there's only two people that are accountable for something going wrong. And an issue happening as well. What was Tony Blair's password? Blair Dog One? <laughs>
I don't want to make that <laughs> other joke that's going to go badly for me. I can't. Do you, no, seriously, how do you set a password for that then? Would you do, let's say you're not on, on your laptop, yeah. would you take the suggested password that Google offered? No, and you wouldn't also do something like Tony Blair 1234. What about a double bluff though? <laughs> what? Yeah. Just, you know, because everyone would Tony's go, password. It's definitely yeah. not Tony's <laughs> password 1234. So no one would go for it, but actually it is. Imagine if it and if that one. is actually your, if for some weird reason you're watching this, Tony Blair, is his full name Anthony? Yes, like most Tonys. <laughs> But to your point, Tom, it doesn't actually really necessarily matter what the password is. What matters is the fact that you've got authentication on that. So if someone logs in, you have to also put in your phone number. So I don't know if you have that set up, but two, two um, factor authentication. I can't ever, I don't, I've never done it and I can't be bothered. So you don't need to because it's oh. not that much of an issue for someone like yourself if you get hacked. Oh, it's still an I issue. Mate, you, you sin, mate. It's still an issue, but it's not to the same level as, as, as Tony Blair. So some of the pictures I've taken of my noobs, <laughs> and that if they got out there, I, do you know what I mean? But then again, it would help with clicks, wouldn't it? It would help. Well, yeah. would it? Yeah. So that well that leads nicely onto a bit of crisis management. Like yeah. you having to deal with well, how do you deal with stuff that goes tits up if a celebrity has actually put their foot in it, or they've got themselves involved in a bit of a nightmare? What's the process in? helping them get out of that. So the first process is normally say nothing. That's like the... Ronan Keaton says. Just say it best. <laughs> when... when you do Mandela. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing Mandela for? Oh, you do Keaton. You say it best. Well, that's quite good. When you say nothing at all. I lost myself there. That was really good. Yeah, the roller coaster one. Fuck off. So the best scenario normally is... Is say nothing. Is to say nothing to assess the situation and then work out where you go from there. What you don't want to do is act in the moment and act in the heat of an exchange because then that's where things go pretty, pretty badly. So if, let's say, Joe has put something offensive about a former coach of his, mm. it's gone massive, all the papers have picked it up. Mm -hmm. mm. Joe's panicking, he's at home. Daisy, why have you done this again? Joe should literally just, a couple of deep breaths, don't touch the phone. It's the sort of thing that you would do. <laughs> And I feel like it's in your nature. It's a fair point. So if, if I was dealing with Joe, point in case, I would then be like, okay, well, how do you feel about the situation? What else do you want to say? Well, oh, fucking double I'd, down on it. I'd be like, well, he's a fucking dickhead. He's, no, I'm not having it. Fuck him. And I've then, got to get my side of the story yeah. across. And I, if I say nothing, then all they're hearing is his narrative. Yeah. So then it would be like, where's this come from? Oh, why have you gone on this rampage? Why have I gone on the rampage? You'd um, overeaten the Valencia ice lollies. <laughs> and the, the, the ice, the combination of the ice and the sugar in them had sent you slightly crazy for a bit. So, oh. the, so then, so if, we, if, we're okay. doing, if we're doing this based on that it's not been triggered elsewhere, so you yourself have just triggered this, you've yeah. gone, fuck it, I'm going, I'm going all out, then it's slightly different to if you've seen something in a paper and you're responding to that. So if you've seen something and you're responding to it, then... It's much harder to say, don't say anything. It'd be like, okay, well, why you are you doing it? You can away. respond to that. Right, you can yeah. go, okay, this is why you're doing it. This is how you feel about the situation. And I think people will respect the fact that you're an open communicator with how you feel. I don't think that would be a problem. If out of nowhere, no one's expecting an issue at all, and then you land one on Twitter quite ferociously, then you would probably need to take a step back and go, okay, I need to probably explain why I've done this and then work out whether or not you need to double down on it or actually go, do you know what, this is not the right place for me to say this. I should think more, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
but for Adam's come on and said, this is exactly the sort of thing you do do, actually. So you can pretend to make up an example, but you fucking do this all the time. So just heed my words. But it all comes back down to that, that point we mentioned, which is objective. If you don't have an issue with being outspoken and saying the things that you say, you don't have the problem with the ramifications of that, why would you change? People know who you are and they'll see it probably as disingenuous if you then don't do that moving forward. This episode is sponsored by the following delightful people. The pharmacist, Dan Lloyd. Nate, the great, Doyle. Burn, Jenny Burns. John, Sumo. Sheldrake, the lawbreaker, Alistair Blacklaws. Whoa, Chris Getty, bam a The Viking, Dave Darking. Amazing, Gracie Bucknell. Mr. Mediocrity. Easy, Peasy Matthews and Jade Ingram. Ryan, young man, there's no need to feel down, I said young man. The Fox, Jamie Lester and John Wharton Towers. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content and grow the show today. So there were many places I thought this episode would go and it's gone to many, many others. We have some very thought-provoking guests. We have some very interesting guests. I don't know about you, my head's quite fucked. This one is because I guess we as a show and individually are heavily involved in social media, partaking in it and also putting stuff out there. And we've both got kids as well. So we're like, like what would you what would you say to John T and Arthur about social media? Do you want them on social media? Are they on social media? No. Like what only one of them's got a phone and I've told him so many terrifying things about phones that he's just puts his phone down as soon as he gets in from school. Won't touch it. Right. Okay. So, so I've you, gone over the top. And it's because you don't want them on it. Yeah. Because but, you think overall it's a negative thing. Yeah, but in that way where before we spoke to Adam, I had based that on tittle tattle and gossip and I had no actual facts. So how do you feel about it now? More scared. Oh. Okay, Adam, what are we saying to your kids or our kids or anyone's kids based on your in depth knowledge that you have on the power of social media? Is it something you'd want your kids to be on or part of? Or Well, there's obviously a, there's, there's a certain age where it's probably easy and possible to restrict that, but there would also be an age where it becomes impossible to restrict it. You're so right. So up until a certain point, I would try and make sure that they're not on it. What age? I think that's dependent upon the parent to decide that. I don't want to sit here and say, this is how you should parent your child. When they reach eight, it's fine. Let them loose. But there's obviously a point where it's it's impossible not to do that. And I think the most important thing is transparency with you and the kid around what's happening on the phone and limiting the time that they're spending on the phone. Because the thing that I always say to people that always think is the final sort of nail in the coffin is, can you really remember the last 10 things you looked at on social media? Shit. No. Hang on. I've got this thing, like, if you look up and then move your eyes left and right fast, it helps you remember stuff. How's that going? Fucking can't remember anything. <laughs> Those ten things on social media? The last ten things. Oh, I actually looked <laughs> I actually looked up that um, cabbie, 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 cabbie. Oh, on TikTok. On TikTok. Mm-hmm. It was actually really funny. But other than that, I can't. But that's the last action you did. Oh. I've asked you what's the last thing you've seen. I want you to describe the last ten bits of content that you've seen. Oh, I saw a video of a cat on a skateboard. Shit, this is so bad. I know I looked at something on YouTube on the train the way down. I've got no idea what it was, but it seemed really important that I had to watch it. What was it? Oh, I know what it was. It was Newcastle 6, Spurs 1. <laughs> <laughs> got it. <coughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> so the reason why I ask and 
sort of get you to demonstrate that because everyone has the same response normally. So it shows that when you are consuming, you're sort of not really there. You're sort of half consuming. Your attention is there, but it's not deep rooted. But the conversations that you will have or the moments that you have as a kid that are outside playing could last forever. So why do we do it then? If we if we're half actually engaged with it and not like we're just filling that time and it's not actually giving us any benefit why do we do it then what is it that's making us so this comes back to the first point that i mentioned why you can never find or ever take advice from someone that says they're a social media expert because to answer that you need to go to a psychologist Uh, and i'm not that yeah but my commentary on that would be as humans we're born to be addicted to things It's impossible not to be addicted to something. Explain that. Well, you would not survive if you weren't addicted to things. Like? It might be the fact that you're addicted to waking up and going for a run every morning. It might be the fact you're addicted to buying clothes. So many things that we're all addicted to. And we want to be stimulated constantly. When was the last time that you actually just sat there doing nothing? Doesn't matter what you're thinking. Forget what you're thinking. But Just sat there doing nothing for half an hour. Middle of a rugby match. <laughs> Cheers. I was actually trying to have a moment there. Like, you're right. This this has made me really think. But then take the thirty minutes down to fifteen minutes and see if you can answer it. Then then take it down to ten minutes. See if you can answer. And then take it down to a minute. When was the last time you actually just stopped for a minute and just did nothing? You can't even do it. Let's say you're in the pub with your mate. And your yeah. mate goes to the bar. You look at your phone. You can't even just look round an interesting crowded right. bar for the minute 30 it takes your mate to go to the bar go to the yeah. toilet. Or if you go to the toilet, you look at your phone when you're on the toilet. All jokes aside now, all jokes aside, I am addicted to my phone. The fact that I've even got it on the table, I can't see put between my legs or... I mean, where more... That where during more this record... Place, could you put it in between your legs? <laughs> That's well, not, actually, don't there's, that something, there's something in it that I, I don't know whether it's true or not, but I thought phones like make you sterile, and because I, I'm meant to be trying to get the snip, <laughs> but then I heard help what they do in getting the snip, that I'm like trying a different way of making me... It's putting your phone by your balls. Radia- radiation would like do it. I've got, I've got this thing at home that you put your phone in, and it locks it, like you put a timer on it and it locks it and you can't get in until this timer's thinged. Because but it, you know what the lock is? No, no, it's, it locks it. There's not a code to it. But you put in the amount of time you want it to lock it for? Yeah, you could put in a day or half an hour. And once you've locked it, that's it? Yeah, you can't open it. There's unless, no override. Unless, well, you can just smash it up. <laughs> because I do want to try and get off of using my phone a lot because I find myself disengaged from actual reality and the people around me. And when I do have that, like there's been times where I have my phone's been broken or have lost my phone and I haven't had a choice to go and get it. Or, you know, yeah. if I put it on the side, I know it's on the side, so I'll go and get it anyway, even if they try and have a moment away from it. So in the moments that I've had away from the phone where I can't get it back, I've been so much more engaged and in the room and present talking to my kids, talking to my wife and actually having to do the thing. And I'm getting a little bit finged about it now, like fucked off because Daisy's... She's actually gotten to a point now where she's given up a little bit, like she's just accepted, oh, fucking hell, you're on your phone again, where she used to moan about it a lot more and now she's just like, fucking... And I want to get off of that, but then I'm also like... <laughs> the- How the fuck did you do that? How did you get off of it? If I can give you maybe two bits of advice on this, there's no way that you can lock your phone up for the rest of your life and and live. So first thing to do is think about when you're on your phone, what result are you getting back? So am I doing something that's beneficial to my future? 
Am I actually, I'm going on Instagram for a particular purpose. I'm going on to research what another podcast is doing. Or I'm going on for a particular purpose to achieve a particular result. So think of it as, you know, ROI in marketing. So return on investment. So think about the investment you're getting back from the time you're putting in. So if you then do it and you use your phone as like a tool, as like, okay, well, I'm going to spend this time. I want to get this back from it. Then it shouldn't be seen so much as a negative. If you are what you're probably currently doing right now, just spending time on your phone for no purpose and you can't even remember the last 10 things that you saw, then maybe it's probably a time to relook at how your habit is with that phone. And then if you're really struggling, maybe write a little note on the top of your phone, which just says, will I remember what I'm going to do on my deathbed? Fucking hell. Because then when you're scrolling through TikTok, there'll be the note on the top of your phone, which just says, I'm not going to remember this, so then I'm going to fucking stop doing it. That's good, isn't it? Because the fact that you can't remember the last 10 things, you're not going to get to the end of your life and go, oh, do you know what I've really enjoyed? I've really enjoyed those two hours every day on TikTok. You're not. But you still need to use your phone. You still need to be able to engage with your audience, grow the show, grow what you're doing, but just make sure that the investment is worth its while. Because right now it's probably not. And that's probably the same for a lot of people out there as well, not just you. I don't think you're the only person that's suffering from this particular issue. Joe, I feel we could keep this episode going for about another seven hours, Mm. quite happily. It's fascinating, but also just really fucking scary. And I'm really grateful, actually, that hopefully I can take this from a... But this is a completely off-show thing. This is like a genuine, non-scripted bollocks thing now. Thank you, because hopefully this will be... Because it is a genuine problem in my life. And I don't want that to sound like, oh, God, oh, God, grow up, mate. You've only got a problem with it. It is a genuine problem in my life because I'm always on the fucking thing and it affects my relationships around and the engagement you have with everyone. So hopefully this, for me, will be the start of actually using that contraption more. And so thank you for that. But also thank you for coming on the show and talking all things social media. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Joe, we're looking at each other. Um, Adam has left the podcast studio. We're both, I think it's fair to say, shaken to our very core. Yeah, I am shaken a little bit. Slightly less dramatic than that voice you just put on. Um, Oh, yeah, it's not what you were saying a minute ago. (laughs) But, yeah, well, that's true. But then he leaves the studio, and I'm sitting there going, right, I need to make a fucking change here. Because it genuinely does affect my home life particularly, and I feel shit about it. And yet he leaves, and I'm straight back on my phone. And I don't know why. Like, you're in the room... I'm straight back looking at it like thingy rather than engage with you and then you fucking... Where's your phone now? Well, you snatched it off me, you little prick. <laughs> no, You can't rip no, your phone without you sn- me passing you sna- to you now. Well, you snatched it off me and initially I was like, oh, there was a bit, oh, God. I feel, oh, I need that. I need that within reaching distance in case of an emergency. That's my excuse. It's got nothing to do with an emergency, is it? No. If there was a real emergency, you'd be able to be tracked down. Do you know what I mean? That's just a cop-out. But now that it's over there and I haven't been able to touch it, I do feel... Twitchy? Well, twitchy, but a little bit better, actually. Like, yeah, I'm fine with that. And in all seriousness, Adam, and I'm sure we're not the only ones to consider it. There'll be listeners out there. You listening to this will might think the same and might consider changing some of the habits also the part where he talks about can you remember the last 10 things you looked at on social media i was like fuck actually there's no point what am i doing like use your time wisely because we ain't got long on this earth 
somber ending. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, it was good. I, I enjoyed that. It was important. You can support the show. You can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Patreon for just a pound a week. You can get bonus content, ad-free episodes, and at the very same time, you will be helping us grow the show. You can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Yeah, and if you would like to buy some new Joe Marla Show merch, we've got hoodies, we've got JMS snapbacks, and of course, the trusted bubble hats are still knocking about. If you want any of them, click the link in the episode description and you can buy them from there. Joe, I've enjoyed today very much. Until next time, see you then. Okay. Why well, made it so, like, scary? Was that threatening? Well, a little bit. It's as threatening as you can get, to be honest. <laughs> That's what you think. Go on, then. Well, I'll wait till I phone you at three in the morning. Uh, you've got my phone, though. Good point. So you'll just be phoning yourself? Wait till I phone myself on your phone, Joe, at three in the morning. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.